Bushakalaka. Hello, Jenna. Hello, Ben. Welcome to another week. On the British Tea Party Podcast. How's your week been? It's been a lot of fun this week. It was your birthday. It was my birthday. We had, we a, had a really fun day. We had a nice time, didn't we? We went out and had drinks yeah. with some friends. And, and we went to a rooftop pool. We did. In West Hollywood. It was so pretty. It was great. It was a great I, view of the hills. I had a lovely time. And then on Sunday, we went to Vegas for the day. Just for the day. Literally drove there and back in a day. We're crazy people. Because we went for your first ever football game, which <laughs> was part, one of my birthday presents. Yep. Man United versus Dortmund. Whoop, whoop. And we and lost. We lost. So, Thank you for that moment of silence. Yeah. We lost. Um, um, we lost 3-2 to we were, Dortmund. We weren't very good. Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm loving this use of we. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of trying to get involved. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying to make you feel as if I'm part of the family. Well, you, you were at one point threatening to be an Arsenal fan, which well, made me That's still kind of within me somewhere because I just really, that documentary made me really like them. And I think they're such sweet people. And I really like Arteta. What a nice man. You like Arteta like, and Saka. But I also like Ten, what's his name? Ten, Ten Hart. Ten, ten ha. ha I call him Ten Ha Ha. Ten Ha Ha. He seems really lovely as well and he dresses great. He's great. So I like both ha. teams. Yeah. I don't see why we have to hate each other, you know? Well, I guess this week is not only a fan of football, he is also a He's fan a of West Ham supporter. American football. He likes the Steelers and he likes West, West Ham. Ham. So it's a bit of a combination we've got going on there. He is... I'm going to keep going with the theme of Mighty Morphing Power Ranger. He is... Um, Big he, mighty he is the red power ranger. <laughs> yeah, he's really. the red power ranger. If we were going to put colors down, he he's would the be red the leading power, power ranger. He's yeah. the red power ranger. He's pretty cool. Uh, he also has, happens to work for a company whose colors are red. Oh my gosh. Red that's power perfect. ranger. Yeah. So very that. excited to introduce you all to Dominic Lowe, the CEO Woo! of Westfield. Go, Dominic. Sit yeah. back, relax. You're going to enjoy this. What a fun one. <laughs> This episode of the British Tea Party podcast is brought to you by our friends at British Corner Shop. Use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. We, we call her Mildred. We change her name on every episode. For Mildred that lives in Middlesbrough, that doesn't know anything about <laughs> Westfield or what you do... Can you is this a real person? Yeah, no. No, no but there probably up. is a lot of people that don't understand half I the things are saying. This is what's called Mildred. <laughs> we, can, we can call the micro Mildred. The, the smaller microphone. We can call her Mildred. Mildred. Um, so for Mildred in Middlesbrough, who doesn't know what you do, can you, in a nutshell, explain what you do and who you work for? I don't know anyone in Middlesbrough. So, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where that is. Hopefully Mildred will understand. But uh, I work for Westfield, which is a retail developer. And... Uh, we have assets across 20, 22 cities. Uh, we're in three continents, Europe, UK, and the US. That's pretty cool. I think, I think for, for Mildred, big. if they've ever been to a mall, they've probably, <laughs> know what Westfield probably is. been to a Westfield mall. Which I hope is, so. <laughs> I hope so. We're down south. Probably though. the one in Stratford. We're, we're down south. We're not in Middlesbrough, we're in London. No, we're trying to get up north, but we're down south, so I don't want to give too much away. But we're so mm. mean to all the northerners. Well, no, we, we, we're interested <laughs> up north, but you've already got good malls up there, so... Um, well, the one in Milton Keynes is quite good. Um, it's, it's gone fast, I think. Milton Keynes, yeah. <laughs> he pulled was, a face for anyone that can't see his face. Thinking the boring, maybe, but... Oh, I love Birmingham boring. But before um, before Westfield and before everything else, you first started working in '92 for BAA, right? That was that was your first thing. Yes, yes. And just showing my age. <laughs> Sorry. So this was before aviation fuel. I started in the airports. Yeah, we just uh, I started in 1990 actually. Just uh, in 1987, Margaret Thatcher 
was privatizing many public sector industries. Yeah. She privatized the UK airports, which was very contentious at the time. And it was effectively uh, run by ex-military. Um, so it was a great avenue for um, people coming out of the military and, and going work into the airports. But effectively, it was a very nondescript, boring place to be. And so under privatization, BAA PLC was formed. And part of that mission was to reinvent airports to perhaps what we know today, which is somewhat of a better commercial experience, better food, better retail. I'm not sure they've got any less congested, but uh, yeah. So, uh, so in 1987, it was privatized. I joined in 1990 and um, in night, I was a graduate trainee for two years. And then in 92, I, w- I fell into a little department of three people called commercial. And um, What did commercial do? Well, interestingly, they didn't know at the time. Okay. And then we, uh, we employed uh, an amazing guy from the external. He came from the Burton Group at the time, which is one of the top retailers, high street retailers. And uh, Sir John Egan came from Jaguar Cars. He was the COO, and his job was to completely transform the airport uh, that we know. And uh, we underwent a 10-year transformation where all of the UK airports, there were seven at the time, that were completely transformed and, and driven by the transformation of retail development, duty-free development, food development. So rather than having really expensive, crappy food and, and, and poor retail, you know, this was driven by um, brands, international local brands, street pricing, um, no quibble guarantees so that you could get the confidence of buying and returning. So it was like bringing the high street into the airports and, and that effectively paid for the transformation of BAA airports in the UK, which were then effectively sold to a Spanish infrastructure firm. And um, so it became at the height, the uh, the world's leading airport company. So by wow. chance, I just knocked on a door in commercial and I got in there and I was right at the beginning of the retail transformation in airports and they led the way across the world. So UK airports were the pioneers of airport retailing that you experienced today. So, so then, so you start there in in ninety, and then in ninety five, you move to you move out to America, but still with BAA, right? Yeah. So um, we um, because of the transformation at Heathrow in particular, it just so happened by luck um, in the US, which are all public sector airports. There's not one private airport. So nerdy fact: there's five hundred and twelve wow commercial oh, nice. airports in the US. Not one of them is fully privatized. Um, but there were a pilot scheme back in the 90s and Pittsburgh Airport was one of them under the government, um, federal government. Um, and they came across to Heathrow and they were like, this is brilliant. And, um, and my bosses at the time negotiated a 20-year contract to, uh, we went over and designed and built the brand new, and then the brand new uh, Pittsburgh Airport terminal. Wow. And, uh, and I was able to go over because no one really knew uh, retail development in airports. It was very unique. So as a 23 year old, I packed my only bag I only I owned and uh, I was thro- thrown into an aircraft and flown to Pittsburgh. And first oh time gosh. I've ever been to the States, first time I'd ever gone oh. to Pittsburgh, oh. never owned a passport. Did you know how long you were going to stay there? Uh, well, it was a two year visa oh, assignment. Two year. Okay. So, so work come to you <laughs> and say, we've sorted the visa. You just have to get on the plane. So there's nothing else you had to do. You just have to get on the plane and go. <laughs> yeah. Was uh, it, other than suddenly panic and go, oh my gosh. Yeah. And, was it uh, much of a decision for you? Or were you like, no, of course I'm going to do that. No, because when you, you know, you're, you're, when you're very young, everything just seems so 
Cool. Cool. <laughs> and Even uh, Pittsburgh. I, I tell you what, though. Uh, it was about four four hours into the flight, but I'm like, holy! F- I'm just like, oh my god, what have I done? I'm li- I'm literally, I didn't didn't know the people I was yeah. going to scary to work with. Had no clue. These days, by the way, no internet, so it's hard to. You got to think back that when I flew, there was no yeah. internet. Well, the it, internet had started, but it wasn't commercially affordable or, or available. Mm. So there was no, you know, you, you couldn't Google anything. Right. It's like, That's you know, um, and uh, there were no cell phones, you know, Can't not, not that I mom. could afford one. Did you have somewhere to live when you turned up or did you have to figure yeah, out Yeah, they put me afterwards? in a, an apartment. Yeah, But yeah. like you couldn't, how did you like communicate to back home? Like I was allowed one phone call every Friday for 30 minutes. Wow. And my goodness. boss at the time stared at me and would <laughs> no. warn me at, at the 29th minute. Because of the cost, yeah, was really expensive. So the only way I could communicate with my mum and dad and, and my brothers was a thirty-minute call on Friday. And so airmail at that time was very popular. We used to air, you know, write. Yeah. In those days, we used to write and, <laughs> and send it via pigeon. Wow, cool pigeon. So, you, so you're in Pittsburgh for two two years, just under two years. Yeah, two years, and then they kind of do the same thing to you again and go, "You've done such a wonderful job. Come to come <laughs> to Indianapolis." <laughs> just too good. No, it was no, no, no. It wasn't that. It was <laughs> me, me, merely a process of I was the last man. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was in Pittsburgh, and um, and uh, on the back of Pittsburgh, BAE then won the contract with Indianapolis, which was the other pilot program. And um, they asked multiple people in the UK and, um, and no one knew where Indianapolis was. And I love Indianapolis, by the way, but no one knew where Indianapolis was. Bad, bad enough, Pittsburgh. So no one wanted to go. Yeah. And they wanted uh, a head of retail, a head of commercial. And I was too young at the time to be head of retail. So they'd asked like three or four of my ex-bosses, colleagues stuff. And I just turned around and said, look, if no one else will do it, I'll, do I'll go. It. And they went, really? And I went, yeah. And so I think they thought about it for about a day and said, pack your bags. Yeah. Here's, yeah. A, here's a map. No, yeah. we didn't have sat now. <laughs> so here's no a map. Maps. I got lost in, I oh, don't even know. Drive? I got lost in Columbus. No. Yeah, no, I drove from Pittsburgh. Well, you You've got to remember my worldly goods were still in two suitcases. I own <laughs> nothing. Zero. You drove on your own? Pardon? You drove on your own? Well, I didn't With have no a dr- one else. I didn't have a driver, no. <laughs> I didn't have a chauffeur. Well, I just thought a friend like just to help podcast, you read the you map. you podcast CEOs you. No, I didn't <laughs> have a driver. You got a friend. You enjoyed uh, Pittsburgh. Was, was it, I did, I did, I did. It was, you said it was your first time in America. What did you think of it when you came? Was oh, it different? Look, yeah, well, look, I mean, you guys know because you, you, you've you come across young as well. Everything is new and everything's cool. And so I knew no different and I enjoyed it. And uh, I, you know, the, the secret of, of kind of uh, settling in is just, going with the flow and becoming, mm. treating it as your home. And I met some great work colleagues and through that I met a few friends and, and, um, and had a wonderful time. I mean, 23 as an expat, your, your car and your, your apartment was paid for. You're getting a premium because you're an expat. Yep. So you weren't really spending any money. So you're just sort of like saving it back home. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought I was a king out there. I mean, looking back, I wasn't, but I, you know, I was like, this is excellent. And did you, did you do the same thing in Indy? Was it just? Yeah. Well, look, it was even worse in Indy because at least I, 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 there were some people in the UK who would come across to Pittsburgh because yeah, that was the bigger contract. Yeah. So that would be the, um, and Concord flew into Pittsburgh once. Oh so uh, oh, I remember wow. Sir John Egan flying in 
by Concord. So it was a big deal, Pittsburgh, but Indianapolis literally was, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And, um, <laughs> and the reality was, you know, there was no one, no, no one even knew what retailing really was right. in the airport. So it was very, very lonely. You know. I bet. I had a lovely time, but incredibly, lo- there were lots of lonely moments. Did you get to go home often? No, 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 because it's so often. expensive. No, I was allowed uh, a flight a year. So you go at Christmas? Uh, yeah, so I'd go yeah. back. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'd go back Christmas, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that's hard. When you're so but bear in mind, it was like, give or take, it's like three years. So it's not like, you know, a long time. But, I, you know, when you're living each day and you yeah. don't really have yeah. a network and you, you have no, I had no forms of community. We didn't have yeah, FaceTime phones and- <laughs> that you could peruse and, you know, you didn't have any of this amazing mm. social or the good benefits of social yeah. media. Um, there was none of that, so it was just quite, quite lonely. But then you met someone really cool. <laughs> really cool. Yeah, and yeah, and ironically, it was uh, I met her four weeks before I was due to go back. Oh, so the contract was. I, I and you had like that. an end date. No, it was no. We were setting up a company called World GD Free, and just and my and my then boss, you know, said, "Hey, how do you fancy uh, coming back and?" starting a company and 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 he wanted me to help him uh, set up the the in-flight business more duty-free in-flight which was the on-service duty-free um and drinks for and i think at that time it was about 27 28 airlines world airlines so the thing you know the the piece that happens today where they come down and they say do you want a drink or do you want to buy something from the magazine that was what you were setting up essentially Is yeah that right? i mean we, wow. we 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 did all the um uh you know think of it as you, you you're the merchandisers, you're your buyers, you're doing all the buying, you're doing the merchandising. You you then uh, put a whole range of products in front of like a Virgin Atlantic, you yeah. know, down in Crawley. And and they were very discerning. They were cutting edge at the time. So they only wanted stuff that you couldn't buy oh, wow. generally in the high street. Okay. So we had to, you know, search long and hard to find some really cool stuff that you could also pack into um Atlas carts in in, a, in an aircraft, yeah, and, and then they wanted glossy magazines, and at that time they did pre-order as well. So ironically, <laughs> we talk about Amazon being this amazing thing. Back in the day, right, this old man here, you know, with some colleagues, we we we, it was carbon carbon paper mm-hmm. with a pen, and you'd write your manual credit card. That that was the first pre-order order ahead. That was delivery. That was it. You'd fill it out, leave the wow. sheet in the in the cart, and it would be fulfilled, and then. Um, and it would be then um, packed and, and sent on the returning flight. So just going back ever so slightly, four weeks before your, your contract's due to end or you've been asked to come back and, and start the company, you meet Michaela. Your wife, to be. Yeah, in a restaurant. <laughs> and there's a, restaurant. A, there's a, well, there's a very, if Michaela was telling the story, it's an extremely different story to what I'm telling. <laughs> so it's almost like we met two different people. Right. Um, and hers would obviously be much longer than mine. But uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was very uh fate it's it's a lot of fate it's kind of it's too coincidental yeah very strange the way it all played out i'm sure you don't want to hear the story but it it, it was uh but it was unique and uh and we met each other and um and we i think we both knew uh within the sort of like the first couple of days that it was pretty pretty clear that we loved each other and it was you know we're natural and uh she was uh, in the ROTC at the time, so wow. she was she was close to um, graduating, uh, if that's the right word, as an officer in the US Army. Wow, that's so cool. Uh, and she was US Airborne, so she's a bit of a nutter. 
and uh, <laughs> and uh, we had to uh, negotiate her exit, which didn't go down very well with the US military. But sure. uh, so in that four weeks, you were like, we. No, no, it was sorry. And in the four weeks, then I had to go back and she chose to, she, you know, I'd fly her out with my savings. We flew her out probably every three weeks to spend like a long weekend. Bless her. I mean, she would come all that way. And, uh, again, when I look back, it's like, well, you know, you had no reference point. I mean, I could have been a mass murderer, right? And she was she just got on a plane. And, something, you know, she had never, not. she had, didn't even <laughs> own a passport. She had to get a passport and everything. Wow. Oh, wow that's, yeah, and so that's then, cool. you know, fast forward a tiny bit, you guys get married and then you guys move back to the UK full yep. time. And so that's, it's a very interesting flip on kind of what this podcast is for Michaela, that she's having to do exactly what we're talking about, but on the flip is the other way around, get a passport, come to the UK. And then I'm assuming get knowing a visa, no one. And meanwhile, you're yeah. setting up world duty free. Yeah. I was listening to your podcast, um, a couple <laughs> of days ago on, on visas and, um, you know, that lovely experience of, I mean, those days filling out multitude pieces of paper and, mm. you know, photographs and medicals and stuff. And I remember queuing for hours at the embassy in the UK to, oh no, um, in Chicago to get Michaela an indefinite visa. Wow. Uh, for the UK. So she, we, we were there for so 10 you, years. So you, when you move back to the US, so you, you, you do your bit with World Duty Free and then the call comes to come out to America. Yeah. There's so West, Westfield, um, Australian company at the time uh, was making inroads in the UK. So at that time it was the Wood Lane property, which was now Westfield, London. Mm. Um, and uh, there was a national conference and, and the London-based office um, had to ramp up quite quickly and it, it employed about three of my colleagues from BAA Retail. So they were sort of starting up the company. And, uh, and they were, you know, this is a testament to BAA actually at the time. It had some very sophisticated professionals. I mean, we were doing pre-order 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Right. And, um, and so they, they were employed by Westfield to start up the UK and they went to a national conference in, in the US and, uh, my boss who, who, uh, made the call to me sort of stood up and said, we've got this kind of like we got an opportunity to set up a, an airport business. Don't suppose anyone knows anyone who could set up an airport business. And um, two of my colleagues who I'm still very close with now were like, we know exactly who you should call. So, so I got a phone call. And then ironically with your visa story, um, again, I've got a very long story around how long it took, but it took nine months for oh them to... In, in interviews, it took them nine months to get back to me. And I thought that I'd moved on. I thought that they weren't bothered. But it turns out is that they they had run out of their visa quota, <laughs> but they oh hadn't gosh. listened to the fact that I was married to an American. The US and, and, and I didn't need a visa. <laughs> wow. No, but so, they were like, and, oh, and thank so, God. So it just randomly, I got this call saying, please hang in there. We're, we're very interested, but we can't, we, with our lawyers, we can't get a visa. And I said, I can, I can get my own visa. And, and they're like, what? And so the rest was history and then it expedited and again, I was shipped in a, a bag and sent over. I mean, everything's happened so damn quick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Were you at that point excited to go back to America or were you kind of yeah, like, I oh, always I've had, settled. I always had, uh, uh, look with Michaela, she's got a very large family, um, yeah. uh, predominantly in the, in the Midwest and, um, and I've always liked America. 
I think it's a pretty cool place, you know. And if you find your level, and mm-hmm. you, you you know, if you fight, if you 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 can be whatever you want to be here. Yeah, yeah. You find your own circle of friends. There's so many diverse people here. You can easily fit in if you're prepared to go look and yeah. And you know, if you're kind and nice, you you you, you pretty much be fine. Yeah. And um. I always wanted to go back. It's 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 a it's a lovely life out here. It really is. Before and Westfield came knocking, was it ever on the radar to come back because yes. of Michaela? Yeah, no, sure. I'd always I always I'd always said that I would want to go back and almost either buy or run BAA USA. Wow. Oh cool. So it kind of felt like I'd helped start it up. You gotta yeah. remember I was a young kid, so it wasn't like I was the seat of the president then. I was yeah. just merely the, the the guy doing all the work, right, <laughs> with a couple of others. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, oh, do you know what? That'd be a dream job. And I, and I thought about it as retirement. I thought, how cool would that be? Because the bosses that I had at the time were like, it was a swan song for them. They'd come out for three years as expats mm. on a massive package. Done their bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, this is pretty cool. Did they stay? The, the, your bosses at the time, did they stay in the well, States or did they go home? Uh, uh, I guess I don't want to be morbid, but uh, a lot of my bosses have died. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, circle of life. So so I, I guess I don't know whether it's me or whether, you know, um, I don't know whether I'm unlucky or not, but uh, not necessarily through natural causes, but, um, yeah, so, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them were sort of retired. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my bosses, um, uh, he, uh, he went to, to Australia to, to run the Australian airports, in particular Melbourne airport. And unfortunately he's just recently passed away too. So, um, I'm hanging in there. Hopefully you're not next. I'm going to touch there. wood right now. So, so you move 2007, you, you move 2007, 2008 in that category and you move to DC on the East coast. Yep. And then you spend a, a number of years there and, and then you come to LA. One thing that we always talk about is East Coast versus West Coast. Yeah, I was going to say there's mm. a big difference, a big I feel, difference I agree, there is. between the coasts. Do you love both? Do you like one more? Is mm. Do you, you know, how do you feel about it? Well, you, you guys know you're, you're experiencing different states. Yeah, they're very different. And, and if you spend a bit of time in each one of them, you've got very, again, very different people. Very, you know, the states, uh, you know, for, for, for being a British guy, right, is that we... we we like to think we're incredibly geographically large mm. <laughs> yeah. and, and we're, we're actually the opposite, right? We, we punch way above our weight. Um, and, and, and long may that continue by the way, but, uh, you know, the States are huge. Yeah. In, each individual state is they huge. feel like a different country as and, well. And, and yeah. And it's got its own governing rule. So, and then you've got different climates or different yeah, time zones, different, different um, uh, architecture different history yeah completely the east coast got very very good you know very very english history right certainly virginia northern virginia yeah um so i loved it because it kind of felt very like new england type yeah um surrounding beautiful um scenery the potomac river the mountain the blue ridge mountains you know i remember watching laura hardy and listening to the thing of the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, like, you know, you, I thought it was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, it's literally the spine of kind of like some of the most uh, powerful states, you know, on the eastern board. And, you know, I loved it there. Yeah. And then the West Coast is just very different. I mean, uh, as soon as I moved Chilled. to the East Coast, they convinced me to, my choice was Newark, New Jersey. Okay. What, when you were moving, it was either? Yeah, okay. do you want to go to New Jersey choice. or do you want to go to uh, to, to Washington, D.C.? And, and Michaela, who new American better than me is like well neither <laughs> and then and then we chose Virgi- we, ch- we chose Virginia because 
at the time, New Jersey didn't seem that appealing. And I think we made the right choice. But as soon as we moved there, you know, my bosses had sort of been rotating in Australia and I've always been really close to to my bosses. And, um, and, uh, and they just, they tried for like three years to force me to go to LA. And at the time I was traveling to LA and I'm like, it's a lovely place to visit cannot see myself living in LA. I feel like right. everyone feels like that. When you oh, yeah. visit so LA, you're like, that. I don't know. If I, I remember the first time I came here, I already knew I was going to live here, but it was the first time I was in America. And I was like, oh, I'm going to live here? Okay. I, I mean, it's pretty and it's warm, but I don't see myself here. Well, tell me if I'm wrong though. If, if it's not for career, I don't know anyone that's moved to LA to move to LA. Yeah. And I guess no it's one moves unless it's for career, but do, do you know what I mean yeah. by that? Well, look, I mean, let's be honest. It's very expensive. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it's, you know, we were talking about this, you know, a couple of days back around um, New York. I mean, New York's a fabulous place to visit, yeah. to live there. I mean, same with LA. I mean, you, you have to be, uh, to, to live relatively free and, and, and happy and not have to compromise, yeah. right? With noisy neighbours or arguing because you can't find a car park space, et cetera, or yeah. commute that takes an hour. I mean, you have to have, you have to be pretty, pretty wealthy, right? And, um, and, uh, but lucky, you know, you hear all that, you hear all the bad stories, like, you know, people are flaky in LA and of course, you know, I mean, you've got 11, 12 million people here. <laughs> Depends I mean, who you're talking to. You don't to. hang around with flaky people. <laughs> you hang around no, with people totally that, that, you know, you got a lot of similarities with. So yeah. it, it's, it's all, it's all a myth and, uh, I've loved every minute. Speaking of uh, hanging around with people, can I ask you, there's, there's a story you have, which might oh, be my favorite story. story. And it's, a, um, you're, <laughs> I think you were in Pittsburgh or India at the time. I don't know which one it is. Mm. And um, about, oh, a certain band. Band. about a northern, northern <laughs> band. Yes. No, we all might love. Be my favorite. I'm going to go probably my favorite band. I think it's maybe yeah, of all yeah. time, yeah. to be honest. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I think they probably two, are. Two, two guys, two brothers called Noel and Liam, who you yeah, may or yeah. may not have spent an evening with. Could you? Please fill yeah, us in. Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess nothing's changed. I'm still very naive when it comes to celebrity. But um, yeah, as a, as a young kid, I, I just moved. And I, again, there was no internet. Mm. And, and obviously, British newspapers were always a week behind. So you got to remember is that they were bundled up yeah. and sent a week later. And oh, wow. I didn't know about Oasis as a, as a band. And it had just been uh, breaking all records, Nebworth and things like that, I believe. And uh, there was all, latterly, I, I then heard that there was all this, you know, safe, self-proclaimed, you know, we're bigger <laughs> than Jesus or God or whatever oh, yeah. it was. So uh, I, I hadn't, I had no knowledge of all this. And it just so happened, um, some some friends from my little village came out to visit me and they were reading it. I remember he's reading a US paper, free newspaper, because he, he's too tight to buy one. <laughs> and, and, and in the little kind of like classifies, it said, Oasis, see us before we're big. Okay. That's bold. $8 a ticket. And so Larry's like, oh, my God. He's oh like, my- oh, my God, can you see? Look at this. Oasis. And I'm like, who are they? And he's like, who are <laughs> they? <laughs> he's like, what's the matter? I said, I've been away for two. I have no clue what you're know. talking about. Zero clue. And anyway, he's, it was like, I said, look, what's the worst? Even if it's a tribute <laughs> band, what's the worst? It'll be it's a fun $8. Night. Yeah. We'll go downtown. And it was at this place called the Rosebud, which was a a, a small, small venue. I think I'm guessing probably – stood and sat around three and a half thousand people and there was a bar next to it and I think a restaurant, I can't remember. 
And downtown Pittsburgh was pretty glorious. It's lovely. It's where the sports stadium was and everything else. And you had the three rivers and the bridges and it was pretty cool. And um, so like, let's go down there. Um, and of course, because I had no clue how far it was, where it was, we, <laughs> we ended up getting there. I'm thinking we need a pack and go early. We get there like midday. What <laughs> time was the concert? It was eight o'clock. <laughs> so midday, so we're like, whoa, shit. So like, where do we walk around? Well, nothing was really open because nothing really opens around a nightclub or bar, right? right yeah, yeah, no. So finally this, this road bud thing opens at whatever it is, 2 p.m. or something, one thirty, <laughs> one two. p.m. We're like, get some. And we just sat at the bar. And good news is, is that I've always, you know, I was taught, to drink, you know, quite well during the day. And, um, and, and they were, they were good drinking buddies. And, um, and he was a massive Oasis fan that I found out afterwards. But, uh, so we're sitting in the bar anyway, hours are going by and we're like, God, geez, I mean, there's only so many night. stories and, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, you know, That's a long two, time three hours, fill. four hours, I don't know. That's a long time. And at some point I'm sitting there and as I'm looking to you, Ben, right, I'm looking to my right and we're <laughs> along the bar and there's like bar stools to my left. And then Larry's just kind of just, he can barely breathe. And he's like, and he's looking at me going, oh, oh my God. And he's doing all this. <laughs> you can't see it on the, on the thing, but he's actions. doing all this action, <laughs> but hiding animated. behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost like, oh my God. Pointing and he's pointing and I'm like, what, 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 what? And he's like, shh. And I'm like, what? And I look around and the problem is, I don't even know what they look like. So I'm looking around and he goes, is that, you know, he goes, is that Noel? And I said, who is that Noel Gallagher from the racist? And I look around and I'm like, I have no clue what he looks like. <laughs> it could be. So, so he's like, oh my God, I'm going to get up, go to the restroom and I'm going to check out whether it's them. So he gets up, he comes <laughs> back and he's absolutely beside himself. He's like, oh my God, that's Noel Gallagher. So. I just rat, I just literally turn around and say, "Hi, are you no? Are you no?" And he, he looked at me. He went, "Yeah." Yeah. I said, "Oh, I'm Dominic. <laughs> Pleased to meet you." He said, "Hi." I said, "Can I buy you a drink?" No. He goes, "That'd be Aww. lovely." So That's I bought him a drink. That's crazy. That and then you him a drink. through the door came Bonehead, then Liam. Wow. Then this the guitarist, so, cool. so I can never remember. Um, <laughs> and and they all sat down and we had a drink with them. I think for about an hour, hour and a half. It's That's so incredible. Cool. And uh, and then they uh, they said we got to go because they obviously had to get ready. And uh, and he said, you know, we you know, and by this time Larry got the confidence, and he was suddenly sort of like best over my shoulder, design. trying Aww, to be best friends. That's so cute. And because I had no inhibition, because yeah. I didn't know who they were, you were just talking to them normally. Thing. But uh, in this conversation, just before they go, they're like. Uh, Larry's like, where are you going after this? And they went, oh, we're going up, up to Buffalo. We're playing Buffalo. Okay. So, and he's like, you must come. Get it, come in the tour bus. Of course, Larry and Rachel, his girlfriend at the time, was like, oh, we're in. And, and Noel's kind of looking at me going, are you coming? Oh, are you, you going to come? Well? And I said, uh, well, uh, and he goes, no, 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 why don't you come on the bus? You know, can you come? And I said, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but it was almost like, no, I'm sorry, I've got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> We can't just get on a tour bus. So, but the 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 second part of this story is that there was barely anyone in the rosebud, so they effectively did their whole piece. Yeah, 
with, I don't know, right, 30 people. No. And and they were like, what, you know, they were, it was almost like a dedicated uh, concert. Like a private concert. Yeah, yeah. I doubt they'll remember. Um, but they, uh, Rachel and Larry went up on the bus to Buffalo. Now, you've got to right. remember there was no cell phones. So I hear nothing for like three days, four My days, goodness. nothing, zero, not even a phone call. Then suddenly I get a phone call, this pathetic little voice. Can you, uh, can you come pick us up from Buffalo? And I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a great time. Can't remember anything. Oh my goodness. But, um, the boys have uh, had an argument (gasps) and that was when uh, Noel flew back and Liam stayed. That's when, that's when they basically, um, they, they exited (gasps) their US tour. Wow. That's Uh, crazy. And so that's my, uh. That weird a claim to fame. Huge story. Such if you can story. call it a claim to fame. And they fame. couldn't remember anything that happened, like not no, even think, a little I bit. I think there was probably a lot of... Um, consumption. Uh, yeah, consumption. <laughs> consumption of stuff. Consumption. It's, it's funny you say that, though, because we, we had... That is we, so cool. We've had it a lot recently where it, it just shows how normal everyone is, right? On, on the right yes. playing field at the right time. You if you having a drink at, at the, the right bar. Time, everyone's, everyone's normal, right? Mm. Whether they're multi-famous recording yeah. artists yeah, yeah. like Oasis. Everyone likes to have it? a drink. It's, of course, of course, we're normal. I mean, look, you hang out with some cool, cool studs, right? And uh, I mean, somehow, and, and if you know, unless they're pretty much jerks, which I don't think most are, in these sort of settings, I mean, I mean, there's they're nothing without. I mean, they're human beings, and yeah. it just you know. never ceases to amaze me that because no. everyone puts them on these pedestals. I mean, Oasis. Then, well, I do. Like, I mean, that's I, crazy. I now get starstruck. I mean, if I knew who Liam and I wouldn't be You'd going, be like, oh, would you like a beer? I, I uh, somehow think probably you would better. Go. I probably would. Cause, yes, uh, you would. Well, only because, you know, it was a bit uncomfortable with Larry, like, drooling ah. all over me. So <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt the need. Someone had to do it. Larry must still think about, like, that. Like, that must be his most precious Yeah, yeah. Weekend. But his, his side of the story, right, is that, you know, he, he's got that completely different side of the story where he, he's got that three days. Whereas I've got the biggest disappointment when Noel's asking me three times, will I go to go, go, go up to Buffalo like, with him? I've got to go to and work. I'm saying, no, I've got to go to work. Hi, guys. Are you a British expat missing the taste of home? Or perhaps you're just a lover of all things British? If so, then you need to check out British Corner Shop. British Corner Shop is your one stop shop for all your favorite British treats from Jaffa Cakes, my favorite, to Walker's Crisps and even Heinz Baked Beans. They have it all. And the best part, they deliver straight to your doorstep no matter where in the world you are. But here's the cherry on top. British Corner Shop has an exclusive partnership with none other than Marks & Spencer, one of the UK's most iconic brands. And you can now indulge in the finest offerings from M&S without leaving your home. Whether it's a comforting cup of tea that you crave or some delicious buttery shortbread, British Corner Shop has got you covered. Plus, they offer fast and reliable shipping, so you don't have to wait long to get your hands on your favourite British goodies. So, do you fancy getting a box of British happiness delivered to your door? Not me or Ben included. Then use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. So, what are you waiting for? Head to britishcornershop.co.uk now and satisfy your cravings for all things British. Before we move on to our snack segment, something that I always love to ask is that you've, you've done incredibly well. Is there anything that you look back on and you go, I miss that about the UK? Or is there anything that you look forward to and go, you know what, I hope to spend more time in the UK, but I know you travel a lot as well to the UK. So do you feel like you get enough of it at the moment? Or where, how do you feel about it? Uh, now I feel great because I, I go back once a month, you know, and um, so um, 
you know, via Paris, Amsterdam, and and I get to catch up very briefly with and as uh, with my brother. So as you know, it's like you know you can do a lot in twenty four hours. Yeah. So you know if you ground yourself for twenty four forty eight hours in the UK, you know I tend to do all the old things I used to love, which is go for a walk in the common land and go to the local pubs and stuff like that, catch up with schoolmates and. So, so that's, that's nice. Um, look, simply put, I mean, I, I'm very, very proud Englishman, very proud British person, uh, always will be, um, love the country to death. I think it's fabulous. I think it's got some of the best topography on the planet. I always say that if the weather was, although with global warming, it may come to this, but if the weather was better, I think the island would sink because everyone would want to live it's there. It's the best place to live. We've always said yeah. it would I mean, be the best place to live. the only protection is the weather, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, but, but despite that, I mean, you guys know, I mean, the weather, when you're there, you, you just deal with it. And um, so, so, I, so, I, so look, I, I miss, you know, I've got all my friends there, you know, you know, just, just like you've got family and friends. I miss all that. Um, uh, you, you know, the humour only goes so far here. Mm. Um and you know, sarcasm is is n- not always uh, well Jenny's received a big here. Hit here, aren't you? Jen's a really big a hit in America. Hit. Yeah, she does better here than that. Yeah, but I, look, I, 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 miss, I, miss, I miss loads of things about the UK. I, I think it's just a fabulous country. I really do. I mean, yeah. I know that it's got some problems and challenges, and politically, we're all faced with sort of like a very strange shifting socially. You know, mm. there's some extremities in left and right, and the US has got just as you know, diverse audiences, yeah. but at the core, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty good. Uh, well, look, both in the US and in the UK, we're pretty good countries, right? And is, is America your forever home, do you think? No, I don't think so. I, don't. Look, I, I can see myself having a home here and, and spending yeah. a lot of time here because of Michaela and, and we love America, but uh, I, uh, I, 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 I love, I love, I love Europe. I think Europe's great. Uh, yeah. The big, do you know what a big regret is? What? I, I did travel quite a bit in Europe, but it was always the, the typical. The I guess because I was so young, like Spain, you only France. went to Spain because yeah. you couldn't afford anything. <laughs> yeah, literally, else. and I haven't done I would any love of to these live beautiful in countries at some point. Yeah, Just like, for I haven't a, done a year. Italy properly. I haven't done Croatia. Oh, I haven't done. I haven't done a lot of things. Is I haven't even done Portugal. You? You've still got so much time. Yeah. No, no, no. Hopefully, That's what I'm hopefully. saying. So, so um, you know, I, I miss European culture. Yeah. And and I get a dose of it each time I go back once a month and, and it's it's a pleasure. And I, I hope, I'm very lucky. I, I hope that continues. I hope I have the ability mm. to move backwards so and forwards. We've said that we would love a home here and a home there and be able to just go back and yeah, forth. Well, you we will. Please. I mean, you, you know, you'll be amazed, you know, this experience and you'll be amazed how you, 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 you plot it through. I mean, you know, just as you're working really hard and you're younger is exactly the same for me. I mean, I'm way beyond my skis. I'm way beyond what I thought I would, 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 would ever attain, right? A small kid in a village no one heard of, right? And uh, here I am. And um, so, you know, you just, you, you know, you be, you try, be kind, you, you work hard, you, you try your best. Everything you do, you do it to the, like, almost best of your ability. Yeah. Always, you know. You know, I always took on the shittiest job yeah. because, you know. Do you think no, like part of it came from the resilience that you get from moving that far so young? No, I, like maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I, honestly, I've got no, I've got no courage. I can't believe I got on a plane at <laughs> 23 and, and flew over. I really don't. I, it's weird. You know, it's probably complete naivety. It was like complete naivety. Um, 
and um and the excitement was more than perhaps the reality i mean as i say it was quite lonely but um the uh i i think uh what's driven me is just like hugely curious to mm. like constantly be in i'm i love i love getting involved i love i love trying to fix stuff i love trying to solve stuff i love negotiating i love I love trying to kind of find uh, a different way forward. I like to change things that are broken, broken. Going up to normal. That's courage. Well, he didn't know who they were, I suppose. That is is naivety as well. That's curiosity, isn't it? Like you said. That's excellent. Should we move on to our snack time? Snack time brought Mm. to you by British Corner Shop. What are we doing this week, Jenna? This week we're doing dairy milk caramel. Dairy milk And caramel. for everyone at home, uh, Dominic is making a face of... Oh. Which makes you very excited. <laughs> I want to ask, actually, what's your what's your favourite American snack to enter the segment? Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it can be sweet or savoury. Uh, yeah. Or both. Well, see, I, the, the British in me, I still love chips or crisps, right? Yeah. Mm. So I've got to say, if you give me like jalapeno... Kettle chips or something. I <laughs> mean, straws. oh my God. Veggies, you love veggie it, straws. Veggie straws are very good because my <laughs> wife tells me I have to lose some weight. So, so anything that, that helps that. I, I like, um, I actually, I like uh, beef jerky as well. Oh, wow. I've actually never tried it. Yeah. Never tried it. Divides people, yeah. that one. It does. It just it does divide people. I'm like, what is it? Mm. Can <laughs> okay. You, uh, can you I'm going to open it open. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm going to go on record and say that. Not caramel, but dairy milk mm. is hands down my favourite chocolate yeah. anywhere in the world. I agree. Anywhere. We're not biased though, are we? <laughs> do, you, do you remember, I mean, look, I mean, I don't know if it was the same for you, but as kids, we always used to like turn our nose up at Hershey's. Yeah. It's like, I don't oh, like mate, Hershey's. You'd have always. arguments about, you'd have arguments, literally not gonna arguments who had the best chocolate. Yeah. Uh, and especially with Aussies as well. Because they'll their claim to fame what is they've they got similar for? brands, but their chocolate's different. Like Tim Tams. I love Tim Tams. Tim Tams. Oh, they're not. They're like penguins. They're penguin though. bars, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to go first then? You go first. We'll just... We'll watch. We'll watch you eat it. This is... Yeah. It's You're going to have to rate with. it out oh, of 10. he's gone in. He's biting. He's chewing. <laughs> he's not making a face yet. Well, it's not bad. Look, it's dairy milk. It's what's yeah, in the middle I'm not really a fan of. You're not caramel. You just want the pure chocolate. It's very sweet. Do you know what this is though? It's one of their best sellers. This is their best seller. Well, this is in the box. This is the best selling box from British oh, Cornish. Wow. No, surely the fruit and nut is. No, no, oh, no one likes fruit the fruit and nut. No, I'm not a fruit and nut. <laughs> I don't like the fruit. Like Are the- you a fruit and <laughs> nut? <laughs> fruit and nut recently. Was it um, Michaela? I yeah, Michaela I think Michaela said that fruit and nut was Michaela, her favourite. I'm sorry, I don't love fruit and nut. I don't like fruit and nut. She likes caramel because um, I always thought that that was... um. Ben's eating it now, he's very happy. <laughs> you always felt like, you know, um, the guys would always eat like dairy milk and the girls would always eat the caramel. <laughs> Oh, really? Well, it's very sweet, isn't it? It's kind of almost like borderline sickly. I don't love the Caramel's probably my, probably my least favourite. Would you dairy rate milk. it out of 10 for us? Because that's something we ask everyone. Yeah, I'm going to eat mine. Uh, for my wife, I'd give it a seven. For yourself? Mm. Uh, <laughs> five. Okay. That's very political down not, the middle. Not because I'm anti dairy milk. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm not really, I don't really have a sweet tooth. I'm a, I'm a, like, a, I'm a, Savory guy, I love Twiglets. Yeah, I like the uh, what was it called? Uh, I am Americanized now. It's not cheeses, but it's cheddars. Mini cheddars. Mini uh, cheddars. You know, I used to, you know growing up cheddars. as a kid, you they're know, in the box, aren't they? 
We McCoy. got the big version of the mini Do you remember, chess. Um, like McCoys. Mm. Oh, know, my I dad up, like, loves McCoys. McCoys. I love their flaming yeah, steak yeah. ones. My yeah. dad loves them. Oh, the cheese and onion one, or the onion something. Do you like cheese and onion crisps? Uh, yeah, I do. What's oh, your favourite? Yeah. You like so you can't. You have to pick one, and it can be sweet, it can be savoury, it can be anything. But UK, I'm going to boil it down. Maybe it's a boiled sweet. I don't know. What's your favourite UK? Snack? I do. Li- I do like. Uh, but if you push me, I like. I think of like Maltesers are lovely <laughs> oh. as well. What have you had? The Malteser truffles. You had them? No, but I, I recently had a Malteser bar. Yeah, yes. they're great. Incredible. And I have to say, it was quite an overload. <laughs> whereas I actually do like. Scoffing like 17 of those balls <laughs> yeah. in your mouth. It <laughs> like, takes, it's the same quantum of food, but it just seems like you've eaten 17 smaller bites. You know, the box has that little hole that you've got to like beat up the hole to get, oh, yeah, like yeah. it slows you down. Who designed that? I mean, it's <laughs> like They're trying the most to slow inconvenient. It's like when Pop you give hole. doggies yeah. the, the maze. Well, of there's the always one rando which was bigger than the other one who yeah, tried to clog work. it up. But oh, 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 I'm going to ask you this. Jenna, I, I was thinking about this when you, you asked me if I uh, would, would come on. And um, as a kid, um, Snickers were called marathon bars. And, it, and, and you, it was always like a trade-off. It was a Mars bar versus a marathon. And when I was young, I always thought marathon, because of the caramel and the nuts, it was like far too sweet. And the irony, the irony is Mars has got caramel in it too. But it, I was always a Mars guy. And I detested marathons, right? Now, ironically, here, like having those fun-sized Snickers. Yeah. Did, did you, I was going to ask you, did, did, you, did you, when you were growing up, did you, was there always like, um, it was like Marmite. You either, yeah. But there's always like a brand. One or that, the other. Some, one or the other. Was there, is there, was yeah, there like, like a one or the other? Galaxy chocolate? and Dairy Milk or Nestle and Dairy Milk. I feel like they're always put up against each other. Definitely, I remember as a Ooh. kid. Yeah, remember People the ripple say, versus flake. Oh, ripples, I love ripples, but I also love flakes. That's what I mean. There's so many similarities. And I used to actually prefer, don't hate me, please don't hate me. I used to prefer Galaxy when I was younger. That was like my favorite. I can't look at you the same. Chocolate. Again. No, <laughs> but, but also. No, because it had that lovely avid, silky smooth. Yeah. I mean, you, you like fell. Uh, do it's you remember? You so don't remember the same. Milk tray. Oh yeah, milk tray. Oh, with, 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 with the, the guy, the creepy guy who'd like break into your house <laughs> in a blag. Yeah. I mean, it's so inappropriate. Like you know, I miss ma- UK commercials. That's what I miss. Did you did you race it? No, sorry. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. I thought you said you loved it. No, I don't like the caramel one. Oh, I like the plain one, but the caramel one I think is just too thick. Like it's too much. Yeah, too like I can thick. only eat one square now. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you say that's the best seller. It's one of them. Yeah, it everything, is. everything we've done so far is in the best-selling range. I, I like to close it on something just that if if there was someone else out there that's you know similar to the age you were when you first moved or, or or was thinking about doing it or getting into when I say your line of work, you know, thinking of moving to a company in the states or wants to move, what do you have any advice for anyone that would want to do it? Yeah, just say yes. Yeah. Seriously, I mean. Um, I would just say yes. I mean, when I look back, I would have, there were so many reasons. If in hindsight I knew what would happen, I probably would have said no. I would have overthought it. And mm. and I, you cannot, you cannot replicate the experience you get from from going abroad and working for a different culture, different country, different diverse people. Just say yes. You know, you'll work it out. It's amazing how friendly and nice people are. And I said right at the beginning is that 
in a lot of cases, there's always similar people, no matter where you are. I mean, I've gone to some really strange places in the Midwest and, and, and you've got some of the nicest, sensible people, some well-read people, better read than me in terms of they know English history very well in the middle of nowhere. And then obviously you've got the extremities that, you know, you're not going to hang out with even if you're in the UK. So say yes, you know, be curious. You know, I don't think youngsters today, I don't think I was either, but youngsters, they aren't patient. So it's probably sounds too old, old fashioned to say be patient. But but all I would say is, you know, just everything you do, um, try and get the best out of it. Think of it as a massive, cheap learning experience. And it's amazing how, a bit like when you did math at school, you have no clue why doing three letters yeah. equals a number. No clue. And you never use it really unless you went into a certain sort of engineering kind of discipline. You don't use it in real life. Um, but all these experiences that you're getting and I got in the most random way, suddenly you draw on them. So I would say yes, run towards it, have fun, work it out, stop moaning. <laughs> find a way i mean i honestly it's it's a fabulous world out there and then you might end up a steelers fan to go with it so what's go steelers. yeah let's hope this year that it's a lot better than the last couple of years but but i'm a west ham fan as well and so <laughs> I, as you, as you, as you know whammy. ben uh, i have my fair share of struggles yeah, um yeah, steelers and west ham that's an interesting well, combo I hope it's better this year um, i think that's a great piece of advice to leave our podcast episode on today couldn't have asked for it to be said any better thank you thanks for joining thanks, us thanks guys lovely to see you <laughs> bye. bye enjoy your chocolate <laughs>this episode of the british tea party podcast is brought to you by our friends at british corner shop use our code tea party 10 to get 10 percent off your order today